morning, Next Level Church. We are just so glad that you're here. Anybody ever felt like that in your life? That you look around and you feel like you're running like crazy and then it's just like, where am I? I know that I have felt that way a lot, particularly like in staff meetings and stuff. But no. Uh, well, good morning. My name is Matt Keller. I'm the lead pastor here at Next Level Church. And for the next couple of weeks, uh, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be changing directions just a little bit to talk through a couple of concepts that don't necessarily fit into a, a series, so to speak. And a lot of you guys know, if you've been around for Next Level for any period of time, we love to do things in series format. Well, well today and next Sunday don't necessarily fit into that series type of, of format, but we believe uh, that, that these concepts that we're going to be talking about today and next Sunday as well have the, have the potential to affect our spiritual lives in profound, profound ways. So Scott, our executive pastor, and I are going to be doing some team teaching here uh, this Sunday and next Sunday as well in an effort to keep things moving, keep things interactive. I mean, we're not saying that he doesn't keep things moving when he's talking, but this is just kind of like insurance at this point. Kind of that way, really. But as for this morning, um, we feel like we've got a couple of lanes we're going to travel down this morning on, on this highway this morning. And if you are a part of Next Level Church, this is your church home, we want to keep you up to speed on some really exciting stuff that's been going on around here and where we're headed as a church collectively. But if you're new to the whole thing, and maybe this is even your first time today and you're visiting with us... Um, I believe that the next couple of weeks, if you stick with us, it's going to be enlightening to you. It's going to be very helpful to you because it's going to help you take the next step or find out what's your next level in life. So this morning, I guess it's only appropriate to start with a story of some kind. So uh, here goes nothing. A couple summers ago, Sarah and I, my wife and I, and Scott and his wife Kirsten, uh, went on vacation together, and, and we've done this before, and um, two summers ago we took a cruise together, and it was great to get away and just be on a big boat where there's no cell phone towers uh, and there's no email and just be detached for a while. So one of the ports on this cruise was St. Martin and um, the island of St. Martin. So we're looking through the brochures, you know, the pamphlet deals, and the girls were like, we want to go shopping. So, so Scott and I decide that we're going to rent scooters. Now, here's the thing. I mean, they had that you could rent Harleys, but they were like 500 bucks a day. And listen, pretty boy, don't do Harleys. So, um, and since I'm the only one that can actually ride a motorcycle, and <laughs> wow. we never ride with two dudes. It's, so. yeah, it's just not how we roll, actually. It does not roll down that hill. So anyway, so we decide we're going to get scooters. And so we look up the thing, you know, the boat ports. We get off, take a picture. The, the girls head off for shopping. Scott and I grab a taxi. We go down to the scooter rental place. And so they, they hook us up, and there's a picture that you can see. Uh, there we are on our scooters and the very fashionable red helmets. Bro, why do you helmets. look better on your scooter than I look on mine? Some would say that's obvious. <sighs> But we get our scooters, and, and they get us on the road, and I immediately take off, and I'm about 100 feet down the road, and I look back, and Matt's not behind me. And I'm like, what's going on? And I recognize he's getting a lesson on how to ride a scooter. Listen, the only bike that I own is like a $100 Walmart bicycle. So I really, I mean, they're like turning the thing, and the gears, and the popping, and the deal, and, and the helmets. Let's just say he's the reason why they give out helmets. <laughs> But so we, anyway, it was a private moment. None of our church people are there. But we, we get on the road and eventually gets the hang of it like my nine-year-old would. And, <laughs> and we're moving on. Bro, look, how, look at you on that thing. Look, though. Yeah, there you are. 
there I am. You're wow. as cool yeah, as they come in that anyway. striped shirt of yours. Um, <laughs> but we're headed down the road, <laughs> and we, we're finally finding our groove, and we're getting these things wound up. So, I mean, we're topping out. We're redlining we're these things. We're flying. We're doing everything about four, we're 14 miles an hour. We're flying. The term is wide open. It was like it was probably like 17 miles an but hour. But if you do kilometers, which sounds we, faster, it was like, way, it was it was like, like 30 38 or 30. 40. It was fast. Absolutely. It was, fast. it was intense. But we're cruising down the road, having a good time, winds in our face. And this was our plan for the day. We're, this is what we're doing. We're going to have a little adventure. We're on an island. We can't get too lost or too far away from it's home. It's a circle. I mean, it's an island, so you, can, you can't get lost. But this is island. what we're doing, and this was our plan. Whenever we'd come to an intersection, we would do one of these. This way, this way, or we keep going. And we just randomly pick. There was no rhyme or reason to anything that we're doing. We're just enjoying the day, and whatever looked interesting, that was the turn we're going to make. So the first few hours, I mean, we're just cruising along, and we're, you know, along the coast, the whole deal. And he's like, left or right, you know, left, go. So we're just, I mean, we're just straight up just going, just going after it on our scooters <laughs> and <laughs> so we get this thought you know that, that there's all these mountains and stuff on the island and we're like all we have to do is get to the highest mountain and then we'll be able to see our cruise ship from there and then we'll totally know how to get back so we over the next hour or so start making our way you know up the elevation and just you know i mean by the time you're on those mountains they're like those bikes are creeping they're they're creeping it's it, it was but it was fast. it was pretty steady. These things were phenomenal machines. So Make I don't no know mistake. how we, I don't they were I don't know how we found like the sign. I mean it's all French I think. But we found so we anyway we get headed up this mountain. We finally find the sign to be like okay up the mountain you know. So we're going up this mountain and the f- further up we go the more the road narrows until you're finally on like a gravel sidewalk type of deal. So we get to the top of this mountain and we can see that right up over the next you know crest there is definitely we think we know where our cruise ship is so we park the bikes we get up we're walking and up there they've got like these cell phone tower things there's this like military base i don't know if they're planning on warding off the, the next cuban missile crisis scott or whatever. was scared and i'm like don't worry dude we can totally outrun them on our scooters <laughs> so uh, so we walk around the military tower thing and um we we crest this hill Fully expecting to see our cruise ship. Nothing. Okay, look at this picture. Okay, this is Scott pointing at the top. We're at the highest point of St. Martin right now. And he's pointing. Now here's the deal with this picture. You're probably assuming I'm pointing at my cruise ship. The reality of the story is I'm pointing where the cruise ship should have been. At least in our heads. We're like... I mean, we were fully prepared to, we over we there's the cruise ship in the bay that we thought was our destination, only to realize we weren't anywhere close. So there we are, at the top of this mountain, and for the first time in several hours, we realize we don't know where we are. I mean, we've been trying to do this aimless thing, and left or right, left or right, go up the hill, do the whole thing, and we thought that it would just work out, and suddenly, like, for the first time in this moment, we're like, we need a plan. Yeah. We need to actually have a plan. And I mean, here, here's where it all comes down. We've got to be intentional about this approach to our journey, or quite frankly, we're just going to miss our boat. And see, this is, this is what I want us to talk about this morning, is we want to spend the next few minutes here together talking about this idea of living intentionally. And, and that phrase is on the screen because of this. We believe that that's not only true for two knuckleheads on scooters on an island in the Caribbean, but we think that this statement is also true for us as well. 
that God's desire is not that we would live our life just kind of haphazardly, aimlessly, chaotically, just going through the motions, coming to an intersection in our life and be like, well, left or right, well, flip a coin. We think that God makes it clear in His Word, the Bible, that He wants us to add intentionality to what we're doing, how we approach our journey in our life, or else... We're going to miss the boat. We're going to miss the greatest opportunity. And we believe that God desires for us to not just live aimlessly, but to live with intentionality as individuals and also as a church, as a community of people as well. Now, the Bible tells a story, and it's found in the book of Exodus. And it's the, the story of God leading his people out of this place of bondage in Egypt to a place of freedom. He's taking them to what's called the promised land. But the backstory is pretty simple. You've got this guy by the name of Israel, and he's got 12 sons. And because there was a drought in the land, this whole family, they find themselves in Egypt. And because Egypt was the only country that prepared for the drought. And so they're there in Egypt, and they're surviving the drought, and the sons, they all get married, and they all start having kids, and more kids, like rabbits, they're having kids. And to the point that you've got 12 sons and families going from 12 sons and families to 12 tribes, and all of a sudden you've got a couple hundred people, a couple thousand people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people. This thing's really growing to the point that the head of Egypt, which is Pharaoh, he starts to take notice and he's saying, you know what, if we don't do something to control these people, they're going to start to control us. And what would then lead to slavery for 400 years in Egypt. So there they are, children of Israel, living in Egypt, under bondage, under slavery. And now they number several million strong at this point. But see, here's the thing. God's plan has never been that his people would live under, under bondage or under slavery in any capacity. So what does God do? He raise, raises up a deliverer that we know as Moses, one of the most famous you know, leaders of all time. So God raises up Moses through this amazing, miraculous set of circumstances. He, he takes the children of Israel, God's people, on this amazing journey to lead them out of Egypt, out of slavery, into freedom. And so they, they part the Red Seas, they go through, several million strong, they come out on the other side, and for the first time in 400 years, for, in the first time in several generations, God's people are, are forced to to look at their life and go, no one is going to tell us what to do. We have to engage this. We've got to start living intentionally. Now, picture with me here. It didn't take very long before this whole thing relationally, it's, this whole thing is a train wreck. I mean, you've got hundreds and thousands, not millions of people going from point A to point B. I mean, imagine the last time you took a vacation with your family for a week in your car. I mean, that, you had four of you, and you're like, well, are we there yet, Dad? And you just pulled out of the driveway. I'm hungry. i got to go to the bathroom. And you imagine what it's like for you. That's like being on a cruise with you and your wife. <laughs> it, that's true. <laughs> but you take that concept, and you multiply it by, like, a million and so there's all this complaining, all this grumbling, and you've got poor Moses trying to do this whole thing. And, and they find themselves at this mountain without a plan. It's a miracle that they actually showed up there. But the reality was they were living in total chaos. Which is how we started to feel on that mountain that day in St. Martin. That we had just been chaotically going at it, just aimlessly on our scooters, we think that we'll get to this high point and it'll all work itself out. And we suddenly realized 
this boat leaves in three hours, with or without us. And as important as we think we are, Princess Cruise Lines doesn't think that same exactly. way about Exactly. <laughs> so we, we're like, we're in, we're in trouble. So for the first time, as the brilliant minds that we are, we, we start to problem solve, which is number one, we pull out a map for the first time. <laughs> so that's exactly what God does for Moses. If you brought your Bible, turn with me to Exodus 19, because we want you to, to look at, at a couple of chapters there, but we're going to zero in on one verse in particular, because it's in this moment. The children of Israel have crossed through the Red Sea. They're facing freedom for the first time in 400 years, and yet they find themselves going, we're not real sure how to do this. We, we can't keep living aimlessly. We can't just approach life haphazardly. We can't re- approach the relationship zones of our life haphazardly. We've got to be intentional about this thing so God pulls Moses aside up on this mountain and in Exodus 19 and 20 God begins to to lay out his plan for intentionality for his people and I want to draw your attention to verse 3 Exodus 19 verse 3 look at what it says there together because I, I love this last part it says then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God the Lord called to him from the mountain and said look at this give these instructions to the family. He says, listen, you can't just keep taking an aimless, chaotic, haphazard approach to the journey that I've called you to. I haven't delivered you. I haven't done all of this for you so that you would just aimlessly or randomly approach your life. You've got to be intentional from here. Give these instructions to my people. As we read on there in chapter 19 and chapter 20, what we discover and realize is the intentionality that God gives to Moses, we know as the Ten Commandments. That was God's first step toward adding intentionality to his people and how they approach doing life together. Think about it this way. For the first time in history, this is the first time that they were given any set of rules or guidelines to go by. And this is what I think is kind of funny about God, was he knew right where the people were and what they needed the most. And so sometimes when we think of the Ten Commandments, we think of them as God establishing these high pillars and statutes to follow. But the reality was, his bar of expectation for his people, he pretty much dropped it on the ground. And he he kind of set it up for, if you can just fall in the right direction, you're going to get over this bar. Mm -hmm. Because he starts with things like this. Um, I'm God, and I'm the only one, and one more thing... Just worship me. I mean, not too complicated here. See, here's the thing I think that we've got to realize about the Ten Commandments is that when God moves in on the scene of his family, his people, in Exodus 19 and 20, what he's, what he's saying to them is, listen, this is not some high and lofty deal. This is just a few simple things that I would love for you to do so that you can add intentionality to how you're living. Okay, think about it. He's like, don't steal from each other. Okay, that's not like theology, rocket science here. God, it's like, oh, and by the way, could you not sleep with anyone except for your wife? And above all else, just try not to kill each other. Okay, this is, again, this is God not raising some bar. This is God throwing the bar on the floor and asking humanity to slither underneath it. I mean, this is not tough stuff, but this is God being intentional with his people. Because, see, God makes it very, very clear that without intentionality... We are never going to become what God wants for us. 
to become. Now, we've seen over the last several months here at church um, that things have changed. And we've gone from one big happy family to one really big happy but insert the word appropriately, chaotic family. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really true. And so for us on a leadership level, we've been looking at this on a church-wide basis. And we're saying, how do we do this? So like the children of Israel, we've recognized that without intentionality, both corporately as a church family and also individually, for each one of us who call Next Level Church our home, we are never going to become all that God wants for us to become unless and until we take a step toward intentionality. So this morning we want to talk you through um, what we're doing to add intentionality to the family of Next Level Church. And to do so, what we've done and we've created is what we're calling a core process wheel. And there's not just a picture on the screen, but it's also on your bulletin this morning. And to us, this represents every stage of involvement at Next Level Church. And what we've done is we've divided this core process wheel, this process and plan, this map for your life here at Next Level Church. It's been separated into four quadrants, everything from visit to attend to serve to lead. And this is how we want to be intentional in helping each and every one of us become all that God wants us to become. Now, our core process wheel, it enables us to do two things. Number one... Um, it shows each of us where exactly we are in this process, in this place of involvement. So even this morning, you're going to be able to locate exactly where you are on this wheel. But secondly, what this core process wheel does for us is it shows us our very next step of intentionality. So let's break that down again. It's in your bulletin there. You can see it up close and personal. The first quadrant is the blue quadrant that we're calling the visit quadrant. You can see that every single one of the the quadrants has three steps. And in the first one, the visit quadrant, the steps are very simply this. First, second, and third time visits, that, that everything about the first quadrant is there and is focused on our Sunday morning. And it's inside of this first quadrant, this, this visit quadrant, this Sunday morning zone of Next Level Church, that we want to do a couple of things. Number one, this quadrant is designed to provide an opportunity for people to, number one, check out Next Level Church, to get a feel for who we are, to get a feel for how we do this thing and and what it's all about. But secondly, in this quadrant, we want to provide opportunities for people to to check out God. We understand that people are are engaging God at different levels, and, and maybe they've been away from God for a long time, and now they're just coming back, or maybe whatever the circumstances are, the focus of the first quadrant, that visit quadrant, is that people can check out NLC and check out God. And in knowing that this environment isn't just about us, it's, it's about our friends as well, we know that so much of what happens here, on Sunday mornings especially, it's designed around that quadrant. Uh, think about it this way. When you pulled in this morning, you pulled in um, to this property, and even though it's, it's not ours, obviously, there's signs out front, there's people in the parking lot, you came in through the doors, and there's more people greeting you, you see bright signs everywhere, you see a room full of bistro tables, you see... Tons of, of, of tables with free donuts and free Starbucks coffee. And, and even in the back, you, you saw there's even attention to detail with there's kid-sized tables. And, and on every kid's table is wet wipes. Because we know as parents, what's needed when you offer free donuts to every kid? Wet wipes. You need wet wipes. <laughs> and it's the little details like that that we've done our best to be intentional Absolutely. in thinking through. Because we know that these environments are are places that people can start to 
to address their hang-ups that they come um, that they have with God because everyone that comes in here they've got their own background they've got their own life experience and they've got their own question marks in life and they're coming here looking for potential answers or maybe they've even thought that they had answers of of maybe God isn't this way or doesn't want to do me and they're looking for validation and so we know that when they come in this environment we're able to show them a truth and a love and maybe something they've never seen before absolutely see here's what we realize we realize that people will begin to size up and make assessments about God based on what they see and experience in us in this first quadrant. And that has everything to do with our Sunday mornings. We want to help people gain a clear view of God and a clear view of His church. Now this is what we've learned about this quadrant. Even though we've labeled it first, second, and third time for visitors, we know that some of you have been in this quadrant for a 21st, 22nd, a 23rd time, a 47th, a 48th, and a 50th time. And Some of you, frankly, you, you've built a house in this quadrant. And we want you to know that you, there is an actual next step for you. Because at the heart of it is we know without intentionality, we are never going to become what God wants us to become. So... Then you move from the visit quadrant into the second quadrant, which is the orange quadrant up there, which is we're calling the attend quadrant. That for us, we don't want people to just come and, and visit Next Level Church and make their house in the visit quadrant. Oh, this is great on Sunday mornings, fine. No, we think that there's a whole lot more than that. And so adding intentionality looks like moving from a visitor to an attender. And then in the attend quadrant, this is all about us providing environments where a couple of things can happen. First of all, where we can connect that is huge for us. We understand that if we don't connect inside of the life of a local church, that we'll disconnect. What we want for everyone that comes to Next Level Church is for this to truly be my church, where you internalize it and personalize it. We hear comments like this, and I've watched people do this to Pastor Matt, where someone would come up to him and say, Pastor Matt, I just love coming to your church. And for, for Pastor Matt and myself, I mean, that's a very flattering thing to hear, and we're excited, and we want people to say that, but it means so much more when we hear someone say, Pastor Matt, I just love my church. Yes. And they've, they've taken a, a, a change in the statement and, and pulled out the word your, put in the word my, and they've personalized it. And for us, we recognize that there's a significant difference because there's a heart change that has happened. Where for this person, they've gone from something that they enjoy to something that they're actually a part of. And so the translation there is, if it's always your church and never my church, then we are never going to actually be the church that God wants us to become. So then what are those steps as it relates to us moving forward and adding intentionality on this attend process. How do we do that? Well, for us, we feel like it looks like three things. Step one there is newcomer's reception. This is the on-ramp to getting connected. After that, then, is Access NLC, which is formerly known as Church 101. We're changing the name and Access NLC. And then the third step there is our connect events, which we'll talk about in just a minute. So that first step in the attend quadrant is newcomer's reception. It happens every month right here after every service that we have on site in the, or in the cafeteria of the school. And this is that on-ramp to getting connected into the life of Next Level. The second part of that quadrant is that Access NLC. And as Pastor Matt said, it's a simply name change from what we were calling Church 101. 
And now this is a place and an environment that we can sit down over a meal and we can share together where you can actually see and have access to the heart and to the vision of Next Level Church. And then the third step of the Attend Quadrant that I'm so excited about is what we're calling our Connect Events. Because, see, here's, what's been, here's what we've recognized is happening over the last several months is that we've got like this large group environment thing happening on Sunday morning. And, of course, several hundred of us come, and we love this environment, and that's all great. And then we've also got these small group environments that we call connection groups. And we've got a couple hundred people who are able to, to make it into those. And those are you know, happening weekly in a home somewhere across southwest Florida, 10 or 12 people. And, and that's great. But what we're realizing is there's this disconnect between the large group Sunday morning stuff and the small group intimate thing, and for whatever reason, any number of reasons, people we're finding aren't making that jump. And maybe it's a child care issue, maybe it's a night of the week issue, maybe it's a busyness issue. I don't know what the issues are. And all of them are valid. But we're, we're recognizing that we've got this void in the middle and we're going, if people don't connect, they'll disconnect. And so, and I'm so pumped about this, starting in May, and you'll hear us talk more about this here in the next few weeks, we're going to be rolling out some for lack of a better term, medium-sized connect events that begin to fill in that gap that will be happening on a monthly basis at the warehouse space just a mile north of here that will begin to bridge that gap for so many of us who are desiring to be more connected here at Next Level that we can move from that large group Sunday morning into more of a medium-sized, more intimate environment where we can meet other people who are in the same place that we're in in our life. And the first one is going to be May the 16th, and we're going to invite all the married couples that are a part of Next Level Church to come. And we're going to just have a great night uh, um, together, lots of fun, and start to connect more personally than we do on a Sunday morning. But then on May the 30th, we're going to have a gathering of all the singles that are a part of Next Level Church to do the same thing with the same goal. Now, if that's something that interests you as far as, hey, I'd even love to be a part of, of making that happen or, or um, pulling it off, then why don't you just drop me... Um, an email at pastorscott at nextlevelchurch.com where you can call the office and get a hold of me. See, some of us are recognizing that we're in this quadrant, that this is the quadrant that we find ourselves in, that we're not just visiting anymore. This is my church, and, but I need to get connected. If, if you've never been to Newcomer's Reception, you've got to get there. If you've never been to Access NLC, formerly 101, you've got to get there. You've got to get to these connect events. Why? Because if we don't connect, we'll disconnect. So, so are, can you begin to see where you find yourself on the circle? Now, we know that in this half of the circle, there's personal enjoyment. I mean, we've created it to be fun and enjoyable, that you come and you just feel better about yourself. And, and that's really what all that side is about. But once we get there, we also begin to realize that this whole thing, this whole church thing, there's, there's more to it. It's not just about us. It's coming to the realization that I can make a difference in someone else's life as well. Which takes us to the left side then. If you slide over to that yellow, that third quadrant there, we're calling that our serve quadrant. And it's inside of this quadrant that we want to provide environments that help each and every one of us find fulfillment. We believe that fulfillment has everything to do with serving others. Now for that to happen, it means you've got to get you on a team. And everything we do around here, we've positioned it so that we're on teams. This Everything's done is accomplished by teams, not just individuals. And I want to highlight just a few of those for you this morning. Um, first of which, uh, we've got these environments that um, you, you've seen this morning. We, we set up and tear down everything because we meet in high school. 
And there's a group of people that show up at 645 every Sunday morning, and they get the whole stage ready. They get this whole auditorium ready. And it's a place that maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'm a morning person. I'd love to be a part of getting that ready. We would love to be able to plug you into that because we know that whether you're ever a part of what's on the stage on a Sunday morning, there's so many more people that it, it takes in the team to pull off what happens on a Sunday morning. And then at 7.30, we've got other people that show up in more teams to help set up our foyer environment with our coffee bar and all the bistro tables uh, to set up our um, NLC kids area and our pre-K. And so we get everything set up. It takes about 35 minutes to, to create all these environments. And we want to give you an opportunity to get on those teams. But guess what? If you're not a morning person, it's okay. Because at the end of the second service, guess what happens? Everything gets packed up, it all put back goes in the back boxes. In the box. And we've gotten real good at packing boxes. And so it's the kind of thing of maybe you're not involved. We'd love for you to stick around after second service, join a team that helps get everything packed up so that we can do it all again the following week. Um, another area of involvement is uh, with our, our NLC kids. I don't know if you know this or not, but we have over 160 kids. And that we minister to every single Sunday. It's amazing. 160 kids. That's bigger than like 95% of the churches in America. And so all that to say, we could use your help. Absolutely. Why could we use your help? Because didn't you hear, we've got like 160 exactly. kids that we minister to every Sunday. And so again, another area of involvement. Maybe your, your heart is the, the whole production side. Or maybe you want to be involved in, with one of our ushers and greeters and, and start to create this welcoming and open environment. If that's you, then I invite you to take your card to just mark any of those things that are of interest to you. And we are going to immediately plug you into those teams. Again, because we recognize that through that team, you start to find fulfillment. Absolutely. I want to encourage you to take that card out right now and take a look at that because the, the areas that Scott began to look through, this is the easiest and most strategic and obvious way for you to make the jump from the right side of the quadrants to the left side where you move and you stop where we, where we go. I'm not just, I don't just attend this church. I'm not just a visitor of this church. I'm a part of making this happen because again, that's where we feel like fulfillment happens in life is when we enlist our life, when we engage our life and we say, I'm not just here for me anymore. I want to turn this thing outward and begin to serve someone else. But you can notice there on the wheel that the second step in the serve quadrant there is not just to become a team member, but we want to make sure that we're being intentional about downloading our heart and the DNA and the passion of the culture that is Next Level Church. And so we've designed a, a training uh, session that, that goes on um, once a month. It's going to be happening on Sunday afternoon here in a couple of weeks, April 27th. Again, you'll hear us talk more about that. But it'll be from 3 to 6. And so we want to encourage people who are team members to step up. Take your next step of intentionality. Come across that line. Engage that three-hour training session where we can just begin to download our heart. Write that right on the card. And you know, If you want to turn that in, and just we'll reserve your spot for you. Because that is huge for us. Absolutely huge, that training. We also recognize that the third step in this quadrant, it's about apprenticeship. And what that means to us is we want to be able to take all those people that went through our um, NLC leadership training and start to give them practical 
uh, places where they can start to develop those gifts and those things that they learn. And it's also a place that we can plug you into the area that you're interested in so that you can get your feet wet, you can start to learn, and not just thrown into the deep end of the pool. Because we want to set you up for success in this process also. So uh, you're going to start seeing this wheel often around here at Next Level because we believe that it's easy for every one of us to see exactly where we are in the intentionality process of becoming all that God wants for us to become as individuals and as a church. And some of us can see ourselves in this yellow quadrant, in this serve quadrant. We're going, that's, that's where I am. If you're not on a team, get on a team today. Engage, step across that line into the left side of this thing. If you are on a team, sign up for the leadership training. It's absolutely awesome. Now this brings us to our last quadrant, which is our lead quadrant. Our heart is we want to provide opportunities for every person at Next Level Church to become everything that God has designed you to become. We, we believe that God has equipped people and raising people up to be influencers. And what we call that is leadership. And you can see there on, on the wheel that um, there are three steps in the lead quadrant. Uh, there's the group leader, and that can be any sort of group leader, from a small group leader to a, a ministry you know, leader of a department, uh, so to speak. There's coaches, which are leaders of leaders. And then the third component that I absolutely love is, is the ongoing development piece. And this is where um, several times a year, we want to just, you'll hear us talk more about this as we roll through the summer here, but this ongoing development piece where we go, you know what, i got to keep growing. i got to keep pushing myself. i all that God has designed for me to become. Now, our passion is for these people in these quadrants because we recognize as leaders and as pastors, it's the people that emerge in this quadrant that make every other environment in every other quadrant possible. And we know very simply that around here, everything rises or falls on leadership. So back to Moses. There he is on the mountain. He's got all of these people, this giant family of God. And God is saying, Moses, you've got to add intentionality to this thing. So there he is on the mountain, and, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments. Now, I wish that I could tell you that the end of the story is that they all lived happily ever after. But unfortunately, that's not the case. God's people end up spending the next 40 years wandering around, continuing to wander aimlessly, chaotically. Why? Because they refused to embrace the process. They refused to adopt a, a lifestyle, an attitude, a mindset of intentionality. And consequently, they ended up living in chaos. Now, for us, corporately, as a collective body in this church, we know that we could spend the next several years of our life together simply liking what's going on around here and enjoying it. But the problem is, in the end... We're never going to become the church, the people of God, that he's designed us to be. And let me say this. Why are we doing this? Why are we talking about all this? See, here's what we know. We know that God has positioned Next Level Church strategically to impact Southwest Florida and beyond in amazing ways. And every single one of us who call Next Level Church our home are a part of that. 
But we as a church are never going to be able to step into the destiny that God has for us. Never be able to truly embrace the vision that God has for us for impacting the 1.3 million people who call Southwest Florida their home. We're never going to be able to live up and become the people of God that he wants for us to become corporately as a body, but individually as well, unless we grab a hold of this intentionality thing. Why should we embrace this wheel? Why, Why does it matter? Because Matt and Scott want me to. No, 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 no. Let me tell you a story. Last Sunday after church, we had a baptism service at the warehouse. We baptized close to a dozen people. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. One of the young ladies is in her late 20s, and she got up to be baptized, and we were asking her some questions, and she made the comment that she was raised in a religious environment all of her life. And she said, but it never really meant anything to me. I never really connected with the message of the gospel and how God loved me and how Jesus came to die for my sin so I could be forgiven and be in relationship with him. She said, but a couple years ago, I started coming to the next level, just visiting And she started moving through this process. And she moved from the visitor of next level to an attender. And then she began to realize that her life has purpose, not just to come and enjoy the Starbucks and the free donuts and the wet wipes, but that she actually has something to offer. And this young lady last Sunday in our baptism service began to share how she is now a part of our kids' environments. And she made this comment last week, you guys. She said, I now have an opportunity to help the next generation, to help children understand God's love for them and God's plan for them. They get to learn it. She said this. They will get to learn it and experience it so much earlier than I did. And maybe I can help those kids avoid some of the mistakes that I've made in my life. And I sat there last Sunday afternoon listening to this girl share who's been to our leadership training, who's been an apprentice and is now a group leader and moving up in the ranks to become a coach. And I looked at her and I looked at this and I thought, it works, it works. That's the story of life change. When we'll add intentionality and we'll not just come and sit and visit and drink Starbucks and have donuts. When we'll move past visit into an attend quadrant. When we'll move past an attend quadrant into a serve quadrant. That's when we'll start to step into our destiny and become all that God wants us to become and this young lady's story is being repeated over and over and over again and here's what we know as a leadership team we know that God wants to reproduce her story hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of time across Southwest Florida in the years that are ahead but that will only happen when you and I engage with intentionality all that God has for us to become That's why we're here. And that's why we're here. Now for us, recognizing that, quite simply, in this cliffhanger of a story that we're walking through. Oh, you're talking about St. Martin. I'm just talking about St. Martin. Right. (laughs) It's a cliffhanger. (laughs) They're hanging on every word we're saying. If we don't do something right now and, and correct our course, we're, we're just not going to make it back. And so we, we know a couple things at this point in the story, quite honestly. We, we finally figured out where we were. You are here on the map, 
And we which we had no idea how it says that in French, but, but we figured it out. And then we also actually found the right port, which we needed to head to. And so what we did, very simply, we, we charted the course. And once it was charted, we start to follow it. And down the mountain we go. And we are flying. Again, just, well, I mean, it was like probably 25 miles an hour. It was fast. So we're flying down this mountain. And I'm trying to keep up with him. I mean, he's, I mean, he's got... I had gravity on my he's side. He's got more body mass. So, I mean, he's coming faster down the hill. So all of a sudden I see him slow up. And so I hit the brakes, you know, and downshift because I'm cool like that. And, I, you know, so I pull up and stuff. Hey, he downshifts on a scooter that there's no gears on. <laughs> well, listen, I practically had to lay that bike down. I mean, it was like, I was like Chuck Norris. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, bro, okay, bro, okay. you can't just no, no, stop no, that no, no. mess. It, got, it's I mean, more like I'm, this. <laughs> right, he's like, bro, keep it idling. You know? <laughs> so I pull up anyway. So I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, I think we took a long turn because we had, we'd gone from the top of this mountain. We've been traveling about an hour. And we feel like we're getting close, but then all of a sudden, you go from that feeling of making it like we're almost there to something isn't right here because somehow we're back on a road that we're headed back up hill again. This just isn't going right, and so it's like, we're okay, we're such doors. <laughs> Why can't we do this? The sad part of this, this is our story of adventure. This is as I know, good as we right. get. Wives were so awesome. We're, we're literally comparing this story to Moses leaving Egypt <laughs> with a million people. It's the same. It's, he, he got on a cruise ship. <laughs> and a scooter. And a scooter. So no, when we get to heaven, Moses is going to slap us. <laughs> He's going to be like, how dare you? Both of you. And the wheel thing? Are you kidding me? I had tablets of stone. We have wheels. <laughs> oh, no. He's into that. He's going to love us. Unbelievable. But what we knew at the time was we needed to simply get back to our last known place on the map, which happens to be this gas station, which was on the map. God, I hate telling the end of the story because there's like no big finish here. Oh, there's so, a big finish. The big finish is we made it to the boat and we didn't die in St. Martin. We did have images of the boat leaving the port, and we're running in no! slow motion and diving after the boat. <laughs> can you imagine? Wow, I can imagine. The reality was we did get back to the boat, only to find out that our wives had spent a lot of money. Exactly. So there'll be no scooter riding in the future. Anyway, here's, here's the point. There's this moment in time where you have to stop and assess where you are in the journey and ask yourself this question. Where am I on the map? Where am I on the map? Where's my last known point of reference? Because until we identify where we are on the map, we'll never be able to chart a course to where God wants us to go. So as it relates to us as next levelites, people who call, if, listen, if they were Israelites, then we mean next levelites. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I got wheels. So if every one of us who call next level our home, I would love for us to be able to look at this wheel and in light of all that is at stake, and in light of all that we've been entrusted with, with having the unique voice that God's given us to speak His love into the, to the 1.3 million people of Southwest Florida, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to God to say, where am I on the wheel? Where am I on the map? And then ask ourselves this question, what's my next level? What's your next level? Because the minute we add intentionality, we start to move in a direction of becoming all that God wants for us to become. Now, hopefully this morning you've picked up that we're not just talking about church. Yeah. 
and for most of us, there are some easy parallels. Maybe, maybe you find yourself here today, um, and you look at your life. And quite honestly, you're down some road that you thought you would never go down. You're doing things that you never thought or planned that you'd ever do. Your life simply isn't where you wanted it to be. And I want you to know this morning that maybe today is your fixed point on the map in your life. Maybe today is that reference point of saying, this is, I can, I can do a change of course because of this fixed point. And I want you to know what that change looks like. For us, we define that change as its relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's, that's life for us. That's life change for us because we recognize there's no greater fulfillment than to come into a life of knowing Christ. And so if you're here today, maybe you've sat through the worship and, and the funny video and you've listened to us speak and the whole time maybe there's been something just stirring in your heart. You may not even understand what's going on and what you're feeling, but we believe that God is inviting you into a relationship with him. And it can actually start today. And it can start very simply. It's not some ritualistic thing we do. It's not by, by following this, this simple course of repeat after me or whatever. But there's a conversation that you can have with your heart with God. And maybe this is the first time you've ever prayed or spoken to God. What happens is simply this. is When we say, God, would you... Would you forgive me of all the wrong turns I've made in my life, all the mistakes I've made in my life? And here's the great thing. Anytime that anyone has ever asked God to forgive them, you know what he's done? He's forgiven them. No questions asked. No more but waits or but you did this. It's just, it's clean. It's done. He forgives. And what that allows us to do is open up this this road wide open for us to step into relationship with God. And we can say, God, would you lead my life? Would you be the direction now in my life that I need to take? And can we begin a relationship together? And here's the thing. God has been waiting for this day. He's been waiting to begin relationship with you. He's simply been waiting for an invitation. And so if that's you today, then I want to take time even right now and pray. And I invite you to speak from the very voice of your heart to God and just say, God, will you lead my life? So why don't, why don't we just pray right now? Let's just do it right now. God, I thank you so much for all that you've done in leading our life. And, and I know that there's times that you've led us even when we don't realize. And maybe this morning, us being here in these seats today is a result of you've got some bigger plan going on. And we're recognizing today is the fixed point on our map, the last known location, the location that we can chart a new course from. And so, God, we ask of you that you will help us and you will forgive us because we've messed up. We've all had the mistakes. But, Lord, will you, will you lead us? Will you take us to where you want us to go instead of just where we want to go? Because, God, we're starting to recognize your way is so much better than ours. And finally, will you come into my life through relationship? That we can walk with you, 
that we can talk with you, that we can know you, that we can be with you, and ultimately that we can have all fulfillment in you. So God, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. Thank you for doing this work in my life. And I thank you that today is a day of life change for me. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together this morning.